And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is The Athletic's Dedicated Blue Jackets podcast, Aaron Portstein with you on a Thursday afternoon. Blue Jackets host the Lightning tonight. Back at it, they've lost four in a row, 0-2-2 in that stretch. Haven't played awful, certainly better than we saw last year. Maybe not what uh, they're looking for entirely. They've got a lot of guys, a lot of offensive players, should be offensive players that have just not contributed yet, at least with goals. Of course, Johnny Gaudreau at the top of that list, now nine games into the season, still looking for his first goal. Alexander Texay is still looking for his first point. Marchenko hasn't scored. Sillinger hasn't scored. I mean, there's a list of guys that figure to be impactful offensive players, not all-stars necessarily, but guys who hit the score sheet. Instead, it's been Roslovic, Bemstrom, it's been Jenner, it's been Danforth. Um, offense from some, in the cases of, of uh, a few of those guys, kind of surprising places. Asked uh, Pascal Vincent today if he, he feels like the watershed is coming here, like these guys can't be quiet forever. Um, he's certainly hoping for that. The one thing he wants to see, and this is what every coach says, is he doesn't want to see players adjusting how they play or cheating the game uh, defensively to create more offensively. And the Blue Jackets do that. If they do that, everything falls to pieces. So Blue Jackets back at it against uh, Tampa Bay tonight. Marchenko is back in. Olivier is a healthy scratch. On the back end, Looks like Good Branson is he's missed the last couple of days of practice, but I, I suspect he goes. Um, 
Peak has been now scratched for nine straight games, focus for seven. You wonder if there's going to be a switch up on the back end at some point or where this is going to go. All the while, there are players in Cleveland who are making a uh, statement about their <laughs> their desire to be in Columbus. Chinikov has 2-1-3 last night, plus a shootout goal in the, the winning shootout goal in the Monsters win over Grand Rapids. Blankenberg, two more assists. He's, he's played on the top pair and has been really good down there. Um, we've said it for a while, Yarmo Kekalein and the GM probably needs to make a move here uh, quickly. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a weird stretch here. There's guys that are sitting and, and when they're being made healthy scratches, Pascal is going out of his way, uh, to make it clear that it's not like the old days where these guys were scratched because they weren't playing well. It, it feels like a hard decision for him each night. He had a talk with Olivier yesterday. Olivier's not happy coming out. That's a good sign. You wouldn't want a guy to be happy coming out, but still, I still think we're in the very, very early stages of what this club is going to look like. I don't even mean necessarily by the end of this season. There's just so much settling in that has to occur here. Um, Johnson is still emerging as a player. One hopes. Marchenko is still emerging as a player. You think these guys are top six guys? What do you do if Chinikov comes up? Where does he go? How goofy does your fourth line look with a player like Roslevic or Chinikov or Bemstermon. It's certainly not a standard fourth line. Um, so anyways, we can get into any of this. I posted a piece today, early this morning. Uh, do you believe in, in Jack Roslevic now? Do you think he's turned the corner in his NHL career? He's even acknowledged this is the best he's ever played in the NHL. Um, no one can say if he, he'll sustain it, but what do you think? Um, yeah, are you concerned at all about Gaudreau? What are your thoughts on the Blue Jackets so far this season? I talked to a few guys uh, this morning about um, finding protective wear for their neck area after the awful events of the weekend that took the life of young Adam Johnson, former Penguins player. Of course, that that tragedy resonated in the room. Um, there's some thought that Liney wears something around his neck already that is in some way protective. I think the concern that some players have is, can can it protect enough of your neck to be really worth it? And how comfortable can it be if it does protect all of your neck? I think everyone's thinking about it now again because of the, uh, the um, awful occurrence over the weekend. Uh, so it's on everyone's radar. But uh, we'll see where it goes. Cleveland is supposedly mandating these for players. It's easy to do this in the American Hockey League. The WHL, the Western Hockey League, has done it. We can get into all this. Leave a text. Step to the stage if you want a question. we get got a bunch of uh, text messages in here already. We'll start with those. Uh, but if you want to ask a question yourself, put yourself in the queue with a stage queue, and, and I'll try to get to you. Uh, Cornelius V says, is there a short list of people who could replace Jeff Rimmer in the booth next year? Anyone you would like to see? Uh, I don't know if there's a short list. I think it's been so long since Columbus has, has, uh, had Rimmer in place before that Dan Kelly that you really haven't seen, you know, people emerge. I, I think there's a, uh, Neil Sika has done a lot of coverage with the, the crew through the years. He's also done some baseball coverage and some hockey coverage. Uh, really good play-by-play guy. I don't know if he if he would be 
interested in that? You certainly think so. You wonder if they would go uh, big time like some other teams have done. Um, John Butchagross with ESPN is the guy that's always sort of fancied having a team, not working. He works for the worldwide leader and has for a long time. He's got a very prominent role. He has done some play-by-play. He's not a a trained play-by-play guy, but he has a lot of experience doing it, especially the Frozen Four. Um, if you want to go with a name, that's a guy who could really sell hockey to people here. He's a, a, obviously a passionate, passionate fan of the NHL and would really elevate, I think, the, the franchise in that regard. Um, but yeah, I, I, I haven't really thought about the... Uh, what the broadcast booth might look like next year. I mean, it's a, there's a, listen, there's a daily joke with Rimmer as he comes into his retirement. Um, so we're getting lots of mileage out of that, but have not thought of his replacement yet. Uh, that question from Cornelius V. Uh, DLB says, is the FO content, that'd be the front office content with letting Chinikov cook in Cleveland? Or will they eventually try to make room for him? Still too many defensemen forwards. Any chance that changes soon? Well, there is always a chance, Dale. Um, Yarmo Kekalainen, one assumes, has daily conversations and has a pretty good handle on what other teams are considering. Um, there are other teams in this spot, too, though. It's not just Columbus. Um, and you would think if there were an obvious deal, it would have been made by now. So we'll see. You know, players like Peak and Boakvist, they're not going to sit there forever. Um, stuff It, it kind of gets messy after a little while with players who aren't playing in any way. Um, you certainly are not rooting for an injury, but in most cases, an injury happens that allows a guy to slot in. And the Blue Jackets, other than Wierenski missing a few games earlier, um, have not had that yet. So it's a, it's kind of a crowded mess. This is what we were sort of looking forward to, or at least um, writing about in the summertime, that this is very well going to be the case unless they make a move. And they have not made a move. So the, the thing with Chinikov is, he may just be stuck in Cleveland. He's obviously uh, made a pretty good statement last night that he's he's ready to come up. Yarmo Kekalainen was in the house, along with other front office uh, evaluators for the Blue Jackets. So, um, good night for Chinikov to have a good night. But but where do you put him? Um, where do you put him? Uh, Jeff L. says, any update on line A? Uh, we've gotten little bits on line A uh, such that he is improving. I don't believe that he has skated. However, earlier this week, uh, Pascal Vincent termed him week to week, which is usually coach speak for not immediately on the horizon, but not super long term. Um, have not seen uh, Patrick at the rink. Perhaps we will tonight uh, if he comes to the game. But really no update on him except that he's not, to my knowledge, skating. So I would say he is at least a week away. At least a week away, maybe more. But no real clarity beyond that. Morgan B. says in today's article, Morgan, thanks for reading. Uh, you talked about Jack Roslovic's underlying stats. One, could you just explain what are some of the statistics to pay attention to besides the stat line? Has Recky made any changes to the power play style? Um, so Morgan, you've probably noticed this. I am not a I, I I'm not a hater of advanced stats at all. I like all the information I can get, but I also I also 
and I think I've expressed this before too, maybe to my own detriment or demise. I also resist the urge to look at those numbers and draw um, factual and irrefutable opinions. So in other words, even the numbers demand to be considered for what they are. What do I mean by that? Sean Corrali is probably never going to have a high danger scoring chances percentage over 50. And that's not, that does say a lot about Sean Corrali's game. He's not regarded as a skilled slash offensive player. He is a checking line center. But he also plays with players who are of a similar type. And he plays a role where sometimes his job is to not, I mean, you want him to score, obviously. But if he starts a shift in a defensive zone and ends his shift in the offensive zone, that's a good shift for the fourth line sometimes. And sometimes that doesn't always bear out. It doesn't ever bear out really statistically. Um, So a player like that who gets a ton of defensive zone starts is going to have a hard time uh, having either Corsi 4, which are the shots that you create versus the shots that you give up, or high danger scoring chances, these sort of things. Um, Rostovic, it so happens, gets most of his starts in the offensive zone or the neutral zone. He does the, he does some defensive zone starts as well. And so those numbers should be better. Now, what's interesting about Rostovic, and these numbers were in the article, is his numbers from this year to last year and the year before are dramatically better this year. So he's on the positive side of creating high danger scoring chances. Those are the the uh, the scoring chances where you are expected to score. He has 15 of those. Second on the team, Jenner has 17. He's played about 60 more minutes than Roslovic, the equivalent of three games. So that gives you an idea there. I thought it was more telling for Roslovic. This is how I like to use these stats. If there is a if there's a way we can draw a direct line, a correlation. So for Roslovic, it was, this is what his numbers were last year. This is what they are this year. And that's a simple but effective to me uh, way of sort of pulling the numbers out and seeing what they say about Roslovic. Um, we've all seen Roslovic playing a different game this year. And it is reassuring it's the great thing about analytics is so often they do uh, reaffirm what your eyes think you're seeing. Sometimes they tell you a complete opposite. Um, so, and, and you know what, there's, there's all sorts of stuff at our availability now, NHL stats. I think it's called NHL edge. If you look on the NHL page and go to statistics, there's a heading NHL edge, which breaks down some truly interesting numbers at last check. Zach Wierenski, had the third highest skating peak speed of anybody in the NHL this year, 23 and a half miles per hour. I don't think most people would expect that. Um, yeah, 
So the numbers within the numbers are interesting, but I am I am really a careful A to not bog down a story with them. Only use them when they really make a clear salient point. Um and not just use them to buttress an argument that that I'm feeling or I'm trying to uh portray in an article. I've gone on too long there, Morgan. I'm sorry for the rambling comment. Uh, again, if you want to ask a question, step to the stage, or you can fire it into the text field. Um, this is from Jonathan R. Any idea which players he was talking about on Monday night? I wasn't able to watch, so curious who was uh, dogging it. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he no. He has not clarified who he wasn't pleased with. I think it was so many... I think it was a cluster of players, so it wasn't so easy to just sit somebody. Um, look, eh, there are nights where a team just doesn't have it. It might have been one of those nights. I didn't think they were that bad. I think if you're in Pascal Vincent's situation, you're trying to push this group ahead. He is he is in in a long-term mode here with these guys, quite clearly. And he wants to get them. I, it is about this year, and yet it's not about this year. I think he's trying to get these guys up to speed. Uh, he's trying to lay the groundwork for a brighter future. Um, and I do think this is an interesting story that's going to maybe reveal itself as the season goes along. The GM here is saying playoffs. Playoffs. We think we can get in. And once you get in, who knows what happens? The coach here. Is not any is not anywhere near that. He's he's talking long term, fundamental establishment of legitimate NHL players. Um, so that's two very different ideals. They want to win every game they can. They're certainly not in that tank mode like last year, um, which which at this point last year they already were. Isn't that something? Um, so he's but he's trying to establish players here. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, James T says, any concerns with Kent Johnson? Agent change now, slow adjusting to Pascal's system. I'm not concerned, but getting to a point where there's enough smoke is there fire. Uh, I don't think that there is any smoke. The agent change is something we've seen a lot through the years. Um, and Johnson now aligns himself with a ton of other Michigan guys with the CAA, Wierenski, Fantilli. Um, it's not unusual for guys to jump to CAA. I haven't talked to Kent uh, about that change yet. Um, might try to and get something in the in the uh, Sunday notes 
but uh, I, I don't think there's fire there yet. I I don't like this scratching your foundational players. Um, I don't think it's the end of the world, but like, unless there's something that they're not doing right, and Pascal may just be protecting them by saying that it's not punitive, because on some level, if you're not in the lineup, on some level, I'm sorry, it's it's punitive. It is. If these guys were playing great, they wouldn't be out. Um. So, but again, if you're the coach that's that's looking long term beyond this year, even then, it's not that bold of a decision to scratch a guy. It's just a couple of games and a message being sent. Um, but it does land quite differently with other players. Uh, Jonathan Cease is curious of the constant in and out of the forwards. Is it negatively affecting us as a team? I don't know what your options are, Jonathan. I mean, unless you just pick, you know, a guy, say, Olivier, you're out um, until further notice. And it could come to that, but they like having that element in their lineup. Um, and I think they still like having, a, in some ways, a classically uh, fourth-line team. So, um yeah, I don't think it, at this point it's negatively affecting them. Maybe helping them, honestly. Uh, George M says, any trends for who is scoring goals? Seems to me like, except for Johnny, most players that aren't scoring uh, were are very young. The scorers are older and more experienced, even though they haven't maybe done much in the past. Uh, possibly. I mean, th- this team is so young that, yeah, you know, if you if you pick if you separate any five or six players, chances are many of them would be young. Sillinger's still a young guy, hasn't scored yet. Marchenko, a young guy, obviously hasn't scored yet. Um, Johnson, Texier, is Texier still young? I think he's 24, 25. Where do you count that? Um Yeah, I mean, there's just so much to learn about this group still. Like do we know? We have a good idea what Johnson's going to look like when he's fully formed. I don't think we know yet. What's Texier going to be? Texier a third line guy or a second line guy? Uh, you'd think Johnson's a top six guy, sure. Marchenko, top six guy, sure. Chinikov, maybe he's a third line guy, but he could be a top six guy with that shot. So much for these guys to to develop and reveal as they as they you know establish themselves in the nhl anyways uh alex l says i saw that kent johnson switched agents well that always gets people's attention the agent he switched to also represents pld and seth jones he's been scratched twice already in a contract year well it's a contract year but he's an rfa i don't want to jump to conclusions but that's not a great path to be going down on the contract year any reason to be concerned alex do not be concerned yes he switched to a CAA. I'm not sure which agent was CAA he's with, if it's Barry or, or Brisson. But I would also note that that uh, they have other clients in the room that are still in the room. So I think uh, Fantilli is a CAA Brisson guy. Um, I would not be concerned. Johnson is an RFA. That's the thing I think gets lost in this a lot. He can't just go wherever he wants this summer. Certainly you don't want the conversation to even go that way. But 
I wouldn't, if I were him, I would not have signed after last year either. I would not have wanted to negotiate. I just had a 40 point rookie season. Let's go get another year and let's put 60 on the board and even have a better shot at the table. That's what I'd do. So worry not. And plus, Alex, what does worry, what does worry solve? It doesn't make anything better. Thomas A., if a C meets expectations and a DF is below, AB is above, how would you grade the Jackets so far? Well, uh, Thomas, on the whole, they're 3, 4, and 2, so under 500. Uh, But you're talking about expectations. And so I would say say it's a C. I would say they're kind of, uh, they kind of meet, they kind of met my expectations. I feel like this team is sort of what the the Blue Jackets were the year before last, where it's a plucky team where you're learning a lot about them and you accept that there's going to be growing pains along the way. Is that fair? Um, as we wrote at the start of the season, um, this is going to be a choppy start. I mean, just think of all the things that the Blue Jackets have tried to cram into uh, the team this year, new head coach, new top assistant coach, Recky, new system. That's not easy. Um, two new, at least one new center, Fantilli comes in. But I think at last count, seven new players. I mean, there are times where it takes free agents a full year before they are acclimated to their new team. I think Provorov's looked really good. I think Damon Severson's been better of late, but kind of up and down on the whole. Fantilli is new. Voronkov is new. Um, I mean, it's just Lyonnais playing a new position when he plays. Um, yeah, it's just... we. I expected this to be a really choppy start, and I think for the most part, this team has played its, its uh, collective ass off in games, which is really good to see. That's the way out of this. Um, but there's just so many, so much up in the air, even with their lineup today and what their lineup's going to be tomorrow. They're just establishing so much right now that, that, um, it feels like this is how it's going to be for a while before they realize who they are, who makes sense as a line, um, where, what kind of team they can be. I still think there's a lot of things to figure out here. So. Uh, Patrick D is uh, is joined us and says, Yarmo's TV radio interviews at the beginning of the season were cringeworthy with his idea that this is a playoff team and Vincent's idea a rebuilding team are in stark contrast with one another. The organization is clearly not aligned or on the same page. Furthermore, it's obvious Yarmo and GD have lost the trust of the fan base. Hmm. Do either of them make it to the all-star break still employed? A follow-up. Question, a name, Misha Donskov, with Yarmo and JD on their way out, perhaps new coach or GM. I don't think Dallas was a long-term move. Time to bring the hometown boy home. Well, there's a lot to get to here, Patrick D. Um, I'm not say I, I'm not going to agree with you that they. it's obvious Yarmo and JD have lost the trust of the fan base. That's certainly true with some members of this of the fan base. I'll assume you, but I know there are others. 
I don't think that is. I don't think that's across the board, though. I think there's a lot of people, however, who do um, put themselves in a spot where if this doesn't look like it's headed in the right direction, they would support a change. Um, I think that's fair to say. And I don't necessarily lump the two of them together. They may go together uh, if, if they end up going. But I feel like the Blue Jackets would want John Davidson around to direct them uh, in the event in the event that Yarmo doesn't uh, remain. I, I think that I I think that is a really a big part of John Davidson's um, job here is to be the hockey guy that ownership leans on. So, I mean, I remember back to the early days when Doug McLean was let go. Uh, the league, Doug was, was had so much power here that there was kind of, you know, a, a, a stretch there where the team didn't know where they should turn to for their next guy. And people with the league and some veteran uh, hockey guys actually served as advisors to the owner then um, to help them find candidates that made sense. They offered the job to Colin Campbell, who then works for the league. Uh, he got a better offer from the league to stay with the league. They offered it to uh, Bob Murray in Anaheim. He turned him down. They hired Scott Housen. That's how they got to Scott Housen. Um, I think it's different now, and I think the reason it's different is because of John Davidson. So uh, to get the other stuff, uh, do either of them make it to the All-Star break still employed? I think so. A follow-up question. Misha Donskov, uh, with Yarmo and Jitty on their way out, that's quite the assumption you've made there, Patrick. Um, perhaps new coach or GM? Um you know what? I, I think Misha is, I haven't talked to him about this. He may not say if he weren't, but I think he's happy in Dallas. Um, he left Vegas right after they won the cup. Tough decision of his, um, but he landed in Dallas. I I won't be surprised if he does end up working for the Blue Jackets in some capacity. He's a hell of a hockey guy. Um, Yarmo has even acknowledged that he would like to, to add a guy like like Donskov. He likes Misha Donskov. He likes all of the things that he does and stands for. But the timing has not been right. I'm not sure if, if Misha sees himself as a GM, um, a hockey ops guy, what that looks like. But he is a, a very highly regarded man in hockey circles. He loves Columbus, Ohio. It does make sense if there are changes and openings. Um, Let's see. Patrick R. says, Elvis's save percentage has gone down every year. Are there any examples of goalies turning it around in their 30-year-old season? Well, I, I would say this about Elvis. I think Elvis has been pretty good this year. Pretty good. Not great. Pretty good. Uh, dramatically better than he was last season. I think his save percentage is hovering just below 9 zero, zero. It might be too early in the season to put too much stock in, in some of these numbers. 
Um, I think on the whole, if you're just looking for, <coughs> excuse me, the eye test, he looks, um, he looks more stable, more, more reliable and less, um, jumpy than he did last year. He's not letting in the just atrocious goals that he was a year ago. He'd want some backs and rebounds back for sure. But there have been some games where, and even in this this last game, who did Dallas? He made some incredible saves when they coughed up some some ugly two on one chances. Um, so I, you know there are lots of issues with this team right now. I'm not sure Elvis at this point is one of them. I'm not sure that we're through enough games here to say Elvis is is back and better. That's too early for that too, probably. But uh, but I, he has been better so far. There's no question. Last year, this is from Eric S. Last year, JD told you that Cole Cylinder's development was a top priority, whether that's in Columbus or Cleveland. If Cap Friendly is correct, and let me just cut in here, Cap Friendly is always correct. He has seven more games before he requires waivers to go to Cleveland. Have you got any sense that the front office would consider sending him to Cleveland before that time? It seems like he hasn't recaptured the magic he had early in his rookie season. I think Sillinger was better early this season. I haven't liked his game much late. Um, certainly, over the next seven games, the Blue Jackets have a decision to make. If Chinikov continues to play as he has in Cleveland and Sillinger uh, puts more meh games out there, um, then it may be a consideration. I, you know, Let's see where the Blue Jackets go here in the next few days. They're hovering at three, four, and two. They've lost four in a row. Got points in two of those. Let's see where this goes. And if they continue to lose, then I think you start to see some some radical changes like that. But maybe not. Um, again, step to the stage if you want to ask a question. We're about halfway through here. Uh, we've got some text messages that are still coming in. Uh, Jeffrey F. says, thoughts on losing Spencer Martin to waivers. When our often injured backup goalie returns from IR, how do you see it all shaking out when Tarasov gets injured again? Do you think CBJ will give Graves a look? Yeah, so that position is still very uh, tenuous. I, I noted the other day that Tarasov's gear was back in the Blue Jackets locker room. Now, I was corrected by some that he, it's been there for a few days now. Um, that's usually a sign that a guy is either close to joining the team or has begun skating. I have not seen Tarasov on the ice. But that's the next step forward. Um, here's my rather uh, un... Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? This isn't exactly a bold statement. I would suggest that when Tarasov comes back, he sees a rehab start in Cleveland. That is a way to get him active without having to just put him on the NHL roster and send Spencer Martin out. Spencer Martin's been really good. Spencer Martin's been their best goalie. Um, so I think you can take some time with Tarasov. Uh, you let him skate, make him skate for a while, test that knee and make sure that it's really, really good to go. And I think your rehab assignment in Cleveland can be as long as two weeks. So there's probably still another month of Spencer Martin in Columbus, and then it'll get interesting. Uh, who knows? I mean, goalie is such a strange 
uh, well, I shouldn't say strange, unique position. Most teams have two. And any team that claims Spencer Martin would have to keep him in the NHL as well. So there's a at least a, a decent chance, a very good chance, I might say, that the Blue Jackets could clear Spencer Martin through waivers and get him to Cleveland. I don't think that's out of the question at all. Um, but you just hope that in in the time between now and when Tarasov comes back, then another team doesn't face uh, a major injury in their goalie position that would prompt them to claim Spencer Martin. I don't think the Blue Jackets are really that um, uncomfortable with Jet Greaves playing in the NHL. He looked good in his one game last year. I would suggest that if, if this season continues to be a struggle for Columbus, if they hover towards the bottom of the standings, um, we'll probably see some Greaves by the end of the season. Let him have a decent little run uh, at the NHL level. I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, right now, he has done everything the club has asked him to do at every level. And he's a hell of a kid that guys like playing hard for. So I think his uh, his trajectory is very, very positive. Um, but they are being smart not to not to rush him. Um, so that's what I would say to that, Jeffrey. Going to Andy J. I've been really impressed with Pascal Vincent. was curious how others view him around the league. Um, you know, and he's a guy, I think we've said this, that's been, that's uh, pretty highly regarded. Um, I, I, I think he's a, he is a well-kept secret to some, but not really to hardcore hockey people around the NHL. I think he's, he's a guy, I mean, look, he's interviewed with the Rangers, with Phoenix, uh, Anaheim asked to interview him recently. So he's been, I think Winnipeg assumed he would be the next coach of the Jets um, It's at points in the last few years. He's a very highly regarded uh, hockey mind. I think, I've been impressed with him too. I just like the way he, he carries himself. I like, um, you don't have to be, what you have to be is authentic. You have to be this or that or one way or the other. You have to be authentic. Um, and I think uh, I think he comes through that way to players who um, I think they respect him. I think they want to play for him. I think that's a lot of what we're seeing with Roslovic right now. Um, so yeah. We've got uh, Paul B. on stage. We'll get to him in just a minute. Take a couple more here off the old chat line. Keith B. says, has Bally's Sports Ohio lost the faith of the fan base <laughs> given their inability to transmit Monday's game and other issues last night, too? Um, so there was all kinds of stuff going on Monday, including a rat eating at the line that basically kept the studio off. So Jody Shelley and Jeff Rimmer were not only the play-by-play voice and the analyst, they were the host, they were the studio, and they were everything. Um, and Rimmer is, um, yeah, asking Geeson, was it Geesenschlaw? He's asking to Venmo him money to cover his, the cost for his services Monday. I'm joking. Not really. Um, it's been quite the chatter here, but they are 
they believe they're back on tonight. Um, I wondered if Pascal Vincent thought that Ethan Schlaud, Jean-Luc, and Metzold just needed to sit and watch a game. Not that they haven't done their broadcasting jobs well, uh, and this isn't punishment, but maybe they just need to watch a game. They've got some other uh, people they want to take a look at. Um, Metzi had a good chuckle, chuckle at that this morning. Um, everyone's taking a turn in the press box, it seems. But I think they're back on uh, tonight. I'm not going to take a crack at Bally's because the moment I do that, there's going to be some internet crash that's going to bring our website down. Just bad juju to be to be uh, criticizing others. I hope they're back on. I hope we get to see their smiling faces again tonight, or at least you do. Uh, I'll be in the building. Um, uh, one more on the, on the text line, and then we'll get to, to Paul B. Eric S. says, Texty is pointless in nine games. How long do you think his leash is before he becomes a healthy scratch? Well, you know, Pascal Vincent would tell you and other coaches would say the same. It's, it's not just about offensive production um, that determines who's in or who's out. But Texier is a guy that they're, look, I mean, he's, he has been in a, in a role where scoring should be part of it. Um, so I'm not sure where his game is at, where, how far he is away from from being who he thinks he can be as a player. I assumed, honestly, that and this is part of the transitioning and and the settling in we've talked about, that, that it needs to take place earlier this season. I didn't think he'd be able to just come back from a year and a half in, in Europe, Switzerland the last year, and just have a seamless transition back to the NHL. It just doesn't work that way. Um, so he's still finding his way, feeling his way. I'll probably cozy up and talk to him here. I, I get the sense. I want to see what happens tonight. See if any of these guys break through. At some point, it's going to happen for Gaudreau, for Texier, for for uh, Marchenko, Sillinger. I mean, they're getting shots. At some point, it's going to it's going to break through. Um, so we'll see where it goes from here. But uh, yeah, Texier could very well be a healthy scratch. He's a candidate. Should should they try to get Olivier back in the lineup? And if nothing changes tonight against Tampa Bay, so. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's go to the stage. We'll bring in Paul B. for a question. Paul, you are on front nationwide. Go ahead, please. Forty. Yes, hey, sir. Forty, how you doing? Good. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, funny you mentioned that thing about Bailey's. I hope the Blue Jackets can have seen what Vegas, uh, the results from the Vegas experiment with their own uh, broadcast app. I saw some yeah. uh, information on that. It seems like it's been pretty successful for them. Yeah, Vegas is very much a forward-thinking, cutting-edge franchise, and there are a lot of teams that could take their cues from them. Absolutely, but um, no, I was. Uh, it seems like Eric asked a similar question that I was going to ask um, regarding Texier, but um, I, maybe you covered this. I kind of jumped in late, but 
this little four-game stretch that the guys are on, I know Pascal, I love the fact, loved what he had to say after Monday's loss, um, kind of not uh, being combative with you guys, with the uh, reporters, but contradicting what they're saying and saying, no, I don't think we played good at all. They, you know, they were yeah. all sure, but we kind of stunk. <laughs> I loved yeah. hearing that from him and what he had to say. Um, do you think this, do we just attribute this to growing pains from the team or is there a little bit more going on uh, this little stretch that they're on? Cause they do play well, they're in the games, but they just third period comes around and they kind of just disappear. It seems. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's, it is growing pains. Of course it is. Um, I think there are elements to this. So Gaudreau's not, not leading right now with his offense. That's not a criticism. That's a reality. Um, this, this, this team's best players, uh, skilled players are Johnson, Marchenko, who is out of the lineup, hard to lead when you're out of the lineup. Um, the wave of the difference making players are still emerging and they're not, they're not get behind me boys type players yet. They may never be, um, I think this is kind of a rudderless team at times in those games. Boone Jenner is Boone Jenner, uh, a hell of a example, always um, not a dynamic offensive player. Um, scores goals. There's no question about that. He works his ass off to score goals. Um, but I, I feel like when though in those big moments, there's a lot of guys that look at other guys to show them a way. Uh, show them the way rather than a bunch of guys leading the way out of it. And I, that some of that's just a product of youth. So, and this is a, this is a very green inexperienced team in that respect. Um, they're light on the wings. I don't feel like they've got any, they don't think they have enough drivers necessarily. Um, and that reveals itself in the big moments like that. I think there are days where you can get it when, and it may be there tonight where you have two tough practices and a coach that's riding you. And, but if it's not part of your makeup, then it's not there consistently. And then it sags. Um, I think they played fairly well on Monday, but not well enough to win. Um, and I, that just may be the reality for, for now but as the coach you can't accept that and part of the coach's job is to get them to be better players than they ever imagined they could be and that's a difficult process but it's underway um nobody can say how long it's going to take but it is underway and i think i think pascal vincent's done a wonderful job uh one the, one the other thing to consider here is um he ex- Pascal Vincent explains himself and is willing to explain himself really well. So you as fans are getting uh, to hear uh, his thoughts, whereas other coaches may not speak of their own tactics quite as clearly and as um, in such an explanatory way that he does. Uh, he's willing to go there. He li- he sometimes even catches himself uh, going on too long. He'll say, I've gone down, well, geez, I've gone down a long road here. Sorry and bring himself back, um, he's not afraid to talk about what he's doing and what his thoughts are on building all this. So you're hearing more of it maybe than you will from from other coaches, I, and I trust you're enjoying it. Uh, Paul, thanks for the question. We had 
another question there on the stage, but have now lost at Kyle L's, uh, wonders through the text format. Did ownership give Yarmo a playoff mandate? Uh, I don't know if it's quite that cut and dried. There is a expectation of success, as you would have seen in the statement before the season. And I don't think it was just Yarmo. It could be John Davidson as well. Um, clearly, the, the ownership here is looking at their hockey leaders more than they have been in the past. Uh, James M. says, with the Flames struggling and looking to make changes, do you see Lindholm as a potential fit? If so, what would a trade look like? Uh, I'm sure phone calls will be made if this season continues down the, the uh, current stretch. Um, worth noting, I think this was Eric Francis that reported uh, on Sportsnet's Eric Francis that Calgary was in the process of having contract negotiations with several players. And the slow start to the season has put all of those on hold. So that that paints a rather tenuous picture of what the Flames are looking at in the future. That suggests that players may uh, be on the move. Now, specifically to Lindholm, um, that's that's a tough one uh, to nail. I mean, I look at it. This way, if you are Elias Lindholm, you have, is it this year he's up? Yes, this is the last year of his contract. So he is a 28-year-old. He'll be 29 in December, going into free agency. If you're the Blue Jackets, how could you give up the pieces that would would be required for Elias Lindholm? probably multiple. So we're talking first round picks. We're talking prospects for a player that you may not keep beyond this year. The only way you give up a package for Lindholm is if he's willing to sign long-term. Now ask yourself, I love Columbus. Many people who live here love Columbus. If you are an NHL player in Calgary, I I realize Johnny Gaudreau did make this choice, but he didn't make it directly. Um, Would you give up free agency uh, this summer to sign an extension with a team in Columbus that's never won? I don't know. I don't know what Lindholm is thinking. I don't see that working necessarily. I don't think he would give up free agency to sign an extension in Columbus to facilitate a trade. I don't think so, but I, I do not know. Uh, I don't think it's come to that. But if you're the Blue Jackets, I, I certainly wouldn't give up multiple prime pieces, first-round picks, top prospects. For a player for this year, it's not about this year. I hate to say it. Um This, however, is a reason that I think if your ownership that is considering making a move at GM, sometimes you wonder if the move needs to be made before the trade deadline, this year's trade deadline, because a new GM may handle this differently than the current GM, Yarmo Kekalainen, would. And what do you want out of this trade deadline if you're the Blue Jackets? So... That's where that's how I look at the Lindholm thing. 
certainly wouldn't rule anything out, but that's, that's what I would say to that. Um, we've got Matt C on the stage. We'll get to him in just a second. Um, question from Andrew C. Should we be concerned about Johnny's lack of scoring so far this season? Could it be attributed to the absence of lining? Um, I wouldn't be concerned about it yet. It is a note. I, I find myself mentioning it in every game. Still hasn't scored. He's going to score. Um, it's rare that he's gone. Well, it's unusual. It's unheard of that he's gone nine games into the season without a goal. Um, now, he's also not a huge goal scorer. He's not a 50-goal guy necessarily. He had 21 last year. More of a playmaker uh, for the Blue Jackets. I think he had 40 the year before, though. Um, it's going to come, and when it does, they'll come and they'll come in bunches, most likely. I don't think it's attributed to the absence of Line A because, as noted uh, previously, Line A and Gaudreau, for all of their individual talents, they they haven't necessarily worked together particularly well. They don't bring the best of each other out. Uh, Gaudreau's feeling on that is that there's only one puck, and both of them uh, feel the need to have the puck on their line. So they'll keep coming back to it, but here to this point, the two have not jived together particularly well. Um, so let's go to the stage. We'll bring in Matt C. Matt, you are on front of nationwide. Go ahead, please. Uh, hi, Porty. I, so I guess my question is, and um, I've been kind of in and out, so maybe you kind of touched on it earlier. I know you're talking about just, some of the forwards we have when, you know, Chinikov comes back up, our, our fourth line is going to look weird because we have, but just from my viewing of the team in the last couple of years, we have a lot of skill and a lot of uh, good shots, playmakers, but we don't have very much, you know, sandpaper. And I mean, I'm not like being dramatic here or anything, but I mean, do you think it might be a possibility to, that we could trade maybe like, line a or Gaudreau and maybe get some you know four quarters on a dollar type situation because the team really when it turned around was when we traded rick nash for dubinsky and uh nisimov and um i forget who else was in that trade but you know you you know you kind of get my point yeah yeah tim erickson was in that trade yes yes yeah yeah um yeah so i honestly i think you're looking to go the other direction Rather than a line A or a Gaudreau for multiple players, I think you're looking for a trade that goes multiple players for a proven commodity. I think what they need, and you can either trade for this or you can wait for this, they need size on the wing. Um, they're light on the wing. They agree, agree. Fixed the center position, but it's a, it looks workable if you've got uh, line A, Fantilli, and Jenner, there you go. Oh, okay, all right. There's still some, you know, can line A play there? Fantilli's still green, obviously, but you go, that's the making of some pretty good pretty good play down the middle. But on the wings, Gaudreau is a light player. He is what he is. Um, Johnson, light player. Chinikov, I don't know really what he is yet. Shooter, for sure, but I don't think he's... I don't think he's a, a heavy, difficult player to a matchup concern. Um, and you can go on and on. Marchenko's tall, but not rugged as a, as a forward. 
they're a light team. I think one of the best parts of Roslovic's game uh, so far is his is his battle for pucks along the wall. Um, that's really been noticeably different from him. Uh, and one of the better players on the team, which kind of speaks to where they're at. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking for size on the wing if I'm them. And, you know, we talked about it earlier, this, this, you know, when you're in the third period and you need, uh, you, and you need to believe that you can win this game, you know, where is that coming from on this team? Is it Gaudreau? Uh, not at present. Is it Jenner? It is. Where else is it coming from? Who are the other guys that are at the front of the line um, really leading the way? And you hope that emerges as these guys get older and develop. I mean, you know, who knows where it's going with some of these players. Sillinger should have that build up. Um, I think his development's kind of been parked here for a little more than a year now. It just hasn't taken off as you'd want it to, but there are times it does take time and uh, patience is not in abundance in Columbus after 23 years and, you know, never passed the second round, only once in the second round. That's a hard sell. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's, that's part of the issue. Joe S says, are there any teams with a log jam at goalie that we could potentially look for a trade later in the season? If Elvis Martin and Tarasov struggle, yeah, yeah, and I think if you're looking for a goalie, that's typically an off-season move. Um, but sure, there's always there's always goalies that uh, are available. Um, Tom G says, "Hey, Aaron, new Blue Jackets fan from the UK here. Welcome, Tom. I was wondering what you think the ceiling for this year's team is. Um, I think the ceiling is." Stay in, stay mathematically able to make the playoffs for as long as possible. Carry it into the late March. Be that hard to go, hard, the team that doesn't go away easily. I don't see them as a playoff team. I think the East is, is much more difficult than even it was last year. You've got, I mean, I think of five teams that didn't make the playoffs last year Buffalo. Ottawa, Detroit, Washington, Pittsburgh. Wow. Like that's intense in, in the East. I think it's hard to see them cracking that. Um, but I think if they go from 59 points to say 85, that's a pretty good, pretty good step forward. And that's going to keep you in the playoff race until late in the season. I think that's, the goal should be to play meaningful playoff game, meaningful games in March. Um, do you remember a few years ago? I think it was the first Larson's first year with like 16 games left or something. They pulled the goalie. I remember being just astounded by this. They pulled the goalie in a in a weird game. And after the game, it was like, well, we felt like if we lost this game, that the playoffs weren't going to happen for us. And I just sat there like mouth agape going, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You thought the playoffs were going to happen? I mean, that team hovered around 500 all year and played above their heads. But I never, I never saw them as being in uh, the playoff race. Just being honest. Um, Nick O says Roslovic has been ridiculously good in recent games. Where has this play been from him? L M A off. Well, Nick, when you're done laughing off your 
uh, Derriere. Uh, Fire Up the Athletic, we published the story today. I think there's three issues at the core of this for Rostovic, all of them working, um, some in better, more parts than the other. Uh, the first is his move to the wing. I think that has helped him. I think he worries less about his defensive responsibilities and is more engaged in puck battles that way. He's not worried about getting caught deep. Um, I think Pascal Vincent being hired as coach could help Rostovic as much as anybody on the roster. We will never know how he and, and Babcock would have worked, but I feel like Vincent has the kind of personality and the relationship with Jack Rostovic where he could reach him and has reached him. I think the third thing is that Jack, um, may have just reached a point now 26 years old where a, a lot of players reach and they realize how quickly their NHL career is going. Um, this is his eighth season. He's probably halfway through. That tends to get your attention. It's like having a 40-year-old birthday or a 50-year-old birthday. It depends on who you are. Uh, grabs your attention. Um, yeah, I, and it could, it could be that it's in a contract year for him as well. I think he's ready. He feels like he's just ready to to be a better player, and I think we're seeing that. Um, my question is: the headline on the article is still is Can you do you believe this? Like, are you willing to to accept that this is the new Roslovic, or is this just a, another streak for him? Um, so read that story. I think it's a decent story. Really good comments from from Jack Roslovic in there. Um, so yeah, give that a twirl there. Um, I think that's, uh, thoughts on Vincent, the George M thoughts on Vincent pulling the goalie with four minutes left Monday. Yeah. Um, ah, I mean, that's what the numbers say. That's what the analytics say. He's, he's making those choices based upon, um, Statistical data. I don't like it. I'm a I'm a freaking at least in the, in this respect, a conservative bore. Uh, I think every game should be held to its own merits. If you're creating chances, I'm not pulling my goalie any sooner than I need to. Um, I'm not really that comfortable with it b before a minute left, but um, that's what the numbers tell you. The numbers, jeez, with the numbers. Um, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. I really appreciate it. We'll get back with you next week. Blue Jackets Lightning tonight. Um, Marchenko back in. I think you know all you're supposed to know about this game. Olivier out. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. Thanks for being with us. Uh, you've listened to the Front Nationwide podcast, the Athletics, all things Blue Jackets podcast. We'll talk to you again next week. Take care.